Welcome back, everyone, to NFT Nation, the most relatable and reliable NFT and crypto podcast in the nation. In today's episode of NFT Nation's Bitcoin Bulletin, I will be covering a few news stories from the crypto and NFT world that give a positive outlook on the market while prices have been falling in recent days. I hope you all will find these stories very interesting, so without further ado, let's get right into it. So for my first story today, this is um, Kevin O'Leary's backed WonderFi company is to acquire Canadian crypto exchange Coinberry for $38.5 million. So this article comes from Cointelegraph and WonderFi Technologies is a decentralized uh, finance platform, aka a a DeFi platform, and it plans to continue its expansion in Canada by purchasing the Coinberry crypto exchange for $38.5 million. The platform will be the second regulated crypto exchange under the WonderFi under the WonderFi kind of umbrella once the acquisition is finished. In an interview, Kevin O'Leary mentioned that there will be several more and even bigger acquisitions that are on the way. Uh, if anyone doesn't know Kevin O'Leary, he is one of the main stars of the Shark Tank um, show. So Kevin O'Leary also highlighted that the company is competing on the global stage while making sure it is on a regulated basis. So the billionaire mentioned that the team is not taking any risks and they are operating under regulated conditions. So obviously um, they acquired one of the only crypto exchanges in Canada that is 100% regulated. So they are trying to do everything as um kind of legally uh allowed if that makes sense they're just trying to follow the line and follow the rules pretty much according to o'leary the customers of both platforms acquired will not see any instant changes however he noted that wonderfy continue or wonderfy plans to add features to each platform with the acquisition of coinberry wonderfy will own two out of the six regulated exchanges in canada um, BitFi, WonderFi's recent purchase became fully regulated after being licensed by the Ontario Securities Commission in November of 2021. On the other hand, Coinberry also registered in the OSC in August of last year. Apart from the two exchanges, only four other platforms are registered for providing crypto trading. These include Wellsimple, CoinSmart, NetCoins, and Fidelity. So obviously Kevin O'Leary's uh, company WonderFi is doing great things in the Canadian crypto market by acquiring the regulated companies that is able to trade crypto effectively and legally, which is great to see that a big company like this is making sure they are crossing all their T's and dotting all their I's in the regu- regulatory stance, if that makes sense. For my second story, uh, this is kind of the big news headline that's kind of the cover title of this episode, and it is that MetaMask expands institutional offering by integrating new crypto custodians. So this is also an article from Cointelegraph, because Cointelegraph, I believe, is one of the main, um, most unbiased sources for crypto news in many other interviews, but decentralized finance wallet and browser extension MetaMask formed a new strategic partnership with four major crypto custodians. Uh, These custodians are Genosis Safe, Hex Trust, GX8, and Parfin. MetaMask Institutional, or MMI, 
the institutional version of the popular Ethereum wallet MetaMask, announced on Wednesday that the new integration will provide decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAOs, with key management tools to participate in DeFi or decentralized finance activities. So uh, just to kind of reiterate, what really is a DAO? So DAOs are organizations controlled by computer code and know and have no top-down authority and they've been gaining popularity as a fundraising mechanism and administration tool for cryptocurrency projects in the past year and um kind of in the whole history of the crypto space DAOs have been very popular for making decisions uh autonom- autonomously so according to the announcement mmi uh provides institutions with access to DeFi in web3 while meeting their compliance needs custodians or custodial wallets are services that store private keys and facilitate transactions approval and signing they are crucial to organizations in securely obtaining and securing crypto assets so if you own an nft how you kind of verify stuff and to get into certain events or to verify that you own a certain nft you obviously have to sign something using your uh, ethereum wallet and these keys do that <clears throat> so what uh really has metamask said about this and coin coin telegraph reached out to Herrett browning that's a member of mmi and um Herrett browning said that it's enabling crypto needed funds exchanges traditional institutions enterprises DAOs, and a whole host of different user profiles enabling them to engage on a secure well-managed risk managed framework the distinction between metamask institutional and the company's primary browser and wallet plugin is that assets are managed browning explained that the assets held in metamask primary product are non-custodial while assets managed through mmi are custodial she also noted for institutional security we have replaced the hardware wallet with a range of custodial partners to provide essential as essential asset security so obviously they're trying to increase the security of metamask by kind of moving um certain parts of their business onto other custodial wallets to kind of let those custodial wallets do their do what they do best by securing the network and kind of metamask as a whole john ennis which is a uh, the safe ecosystem lead for genosis which is like a very popular crypto platform said that DAOs and crypto institutions want the gold standard of DeFi integration uh while still maintaining the in- industry security standard when it comes to safeguarding digital assets from operational and security risk so obviously um that's really good to see that metamask is continuing to upgrade their security and doing the best they can to provide the best service possible in the like ethereum wallet space and kind of like my personal thoughts on this is that it's great to see metamask continuing to build out the future of decentralized finance as well as cryptocurrency trading and not only are they doing that uh, just for trading and decentralized finance as a whole uh by having these custodial wallets um improve the technology of signing different things with your uh, with your wallet it's improving the whole nft space uh we already have seen metamask make big moves by incorporating apple pay as well as the ios system software into their network which is great to see that they're continuing to build after such a big movement like that metamask is a huge leader in the crypto and web3 space and as long as they're continuing to build their technology and improving like kind of just their whole business 
I am I am very bullish on MetaMask, and I am very bullish on the entire NFT space because they believe that the future is very bright. I use MetaMask for all my day-to-day -day crypto transactions, and I believe that it is the best crypto wallet for beginners as well as experienced crypto users. But just a disclaimer, I am not paid by MetaMask. That's 100% my opinion. I have no affiliation with MetaMask. I've never been in contact with them. That's just my own personal opinion. And for my third story today, it is the crypto firm Exmo exits Russia and Belarus by selling part of its business there. So pretty much the London-based cryptocurrency exchange Exmo is the latest crypto trading platform to formally suspend its business in Russia and Belarus due to Russians, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Exmo is selling its digital asset business in Russia and Belarus to a Russian-based software development company, which Exmo officially announced on Monday. At, this, at the time of recording, the new owner of the platform and the size of the deal have not been disclosed. So we really don't know who owns um, the Russian and Belarus uh, part of Exmo, and we don't know how much it's sold for, but I would assume that we would eventually under uh get the full details of the kind of sale um so exmo ceo i'm gonna get this wrong because it's a pretty hard name but zerhil zerhi zanov of uh told coin telegraph that unfortunately we cannot hold the high risk part of the business talking about the russia and belarus part and since a global group does not want to put the global expansion plans at any risk by keeping such high risk markets in its structure so pretty much the company is like we can't deal with russia and belarus they're doing so much stuff now to ukraine and they're just putting themselves at a very in a very risky spot that we just need to go ahead and quit this entire part of our business um the ceo also said that apart from russia and belarus the deal also includes exmo's business in kazakhstan because the new owner's team is based in kazakhstan the undisclosed buyer owns both a russian software development company and a kazakhstan-based legal entity for cryptocurrency exchange he also noted that we've put a lot of effort into the Russian part of the business, so we've made sure that now it's in good hands. The new owner not only follows the follows the roadmap that we've created earlier, but will get to new heights much easier. We've made the decision for the benefit of both sides. Uh, it's really good to see that he they didn't really sell this on panic. They made the best decision possible for both sides and both companies. The firm said that it, it, it wouldn't sanction regular people or block any transactions due to sanctions in mid-March. This is surprising uh, to me since a lot of companies worldwide are starting to sanction certain countries and certain people like uh, that's connected to Putin and parts of Russia. As a part of Exmo's exit, Exmo's exit strategy from Russia and Belarus, Exmo has amended its user agreement to state that Russian, Belarusian, and Kazakhstan uh, members that kind of use their platform are going to have to follow uh, pretty pretty strict rules moving forward, I will say. And since that, um, the users that are in Russia, Belarus, and Kazakhstan are no longer being onboarded to its platform. So if you're in those areas of the world, you cannot create a new account with Exmo. The exchange disabled Russian ruble trading pairs on Friday. So obviously they're moving in the direction of saying, okay, we're not dealing with Russia anymore. Like if you're Russian and, or if you're in Russia and trying to use our platform, you really just 
can't honestly so exmo is a major crypto exchange founded by russian entrepreneurs ivan petrovsky and pavel lerner back in 2013 the firm's exit from russia will have a significant impact to the exchange as russia was one of its main markets so obviously they're making a big financial decision by kind of removing russia from their business uh the ceo said that a significant part of our business was located in russia we will experience a near 30 percent revenue decrease however in the long run we are sure that it will speed up our exponential growth and let the company become a unicorn in the next three years he also said that we would consider returning to russia when it's no longer classified as a high-risk country so uh this is pretty admirable for this for the company to do something like this to take such a big risk by removing such a big part of their business but i kind of think on this topic is that uh this is the first crypto this is not the first crypto exchange to uh, leave russia i'm expecting many many more companies to kind of end their business in russia for the time being just because everything that's happening a lot of companies don't want to be kind of recognized as uh being a part of russia or kind of agreeing with russia and what they're doing in the past few months we have seen a massive uh kind of disbursement from russia like like just like i said no one wants to deal with them no one wants to be kind of um affiliated with vladimir putin just because he's killing innocent people in ukraine currently um i believe that this will continue to uh continue until the changes are working are worked out inside the country i don't think this is gonna i mean russia's kind of digging themselves they're they're digging their own grave right now with what they're doing and honestly i think they just need to back out of ukraine and just stop pushing forward but i mean you just you just can't stop someone that's so crazy like vladimir putin but um i have a lot of kind of uh admirability or i have a lot of admiration for the ukrainian people for kind of stepping down uh they're put, putting their foot down against russia and saying you are not we are not letting you just walk all over us we're gonna fight back and push you back and do what's right um this podcast is really never meant to be political i like to kind of get information out there in the most relatable and reliable way possible but sometimes uh stuff so important like uh innocent people dying in ukraine needs to be talked about and vladimir putin and the russian army needs to be kind of exposed for what they're truly doing so for my fourth story today it is that the web3 initiative relief has raised over 1.5 million dollars for ukrainian aid efforts a relief a humanitarian initiative birthed upon the iterate artistic commitment to narrate stories in times of hardship launched its second NFT collection on Thursday, raising over $300,000 for recognized Ukrainian charities and taking their total to over $1.5 million in charity. So uh, this Web3 fund was founded by uh, several esteemed and kind of famous Web3 entrepreneurs. I'm going to kind of just name them off right now. It is Stavik Seth, Andrew Wang, Genovi Gusson, Alexandra Oh Lord, his name his name's long. Achamon Vadaska, uh, Raskolov, and developer Signor Crypto. In late, sorry about that. I'm sorry if you're if any of the names right there listening right now. I am so sorry I butchered your name. Um, I'm doing my best. I'm just trying to get the news out there. But uh, let's continue with this story. In late February this year, Relief ha- uh, has unified the talents of over 62 artists across the world to showcase the enormous philanthropic 
potential of NFTs. So um, it's good to see that they're doing something good with NFTs. They're making NFTs that have a social cause. And the team chose to distribute the first collections fund across a range of inter- enterprises and kind of like they took a total of 46.25 ETH and moved it uh, to many different charities. And those charities uh, uh, are Razum for Ukraine, Sarith Pritza Foundation, Bali Shravaski Headquarters, and CEO Club. And as evidenced by the Genosis multi-signature wallet, an additional 40 ETH was also uh, equally gifted to the Outright Action International and Web3 for Africans in Ukraine via the royalties fund. So there was a lot of money being funneled into these Ukrainian charities. uh, Revealing from the momentum and culture advocacy of their first charity collection, which included the likes renowned of artist... Fruck render and the he's actually the co-owner of Cool Cat. So if anyone has big NFT history, this is a major player in the NFT community. Clone and the creator of uh, Creature World, Danny Cole, which is uh, the team reiterated that their dedication to supporting the cause with the release of the second NFT collection. Drop Two uh, featured relief team member Alexandra Ajamaske. Along a, uh, the, of, of the creator of the Cool Man Universe, Danny Cassell, and a music icon, Sia, under her alias, Bianca De Medi, among many others. So there's obviously huge, very famous artists helping out this kind of big charity event. To kind of post about this and do a little publicity, Relief posted on Twitter that... We are really excited to announce our roster of 23 incredible artists from around the world who are joining us to raise money for humanitarian efforts for Ukraine. Come for the art, stay for the impact. Hashtag Web3 for good. So they are obviously, um, they obviously found a lot of success in their first crypto kind of charitable NFT collection. So they're like, you know what, let's give more, let's get more money to the Ukrainian people. They deserve it. They need it. Let's do it again. So according to the foundation, only five of the 30 of the 37 artists featured in the debut collection opt to, re- to retain their revenue royalties. And in those cases, solely to transfer funds to their loved ones in Ukraine or to elevate personal circumstances. So even the artists that are that uh, could make potential game uh, monetary gains from this charitable action, they have given all their <clears throat> royalties to Ukraine instead of keeping it for themselves. All other funds were redistributed back into the charitable treasury, a trend that was replicated in the second collection. So obviously, um, no one's really making money, or you could say making income from this NFT collection. They're purely just doing this out of the kindness of their heart, which is really great to see that an NFT collection is doing so much good. Uh, my kind of personal thoughts on this is that it's really great to see Web3 developments for charity is just kind of increasing the use case for NFTs as well as doing something good with them. It's always good to see something positive in the NFT space, uh, even though like prices have been falling and crypto and NFT prices have seen a huge decline in the past few months. It's great to see people coming together for good. Also, not only are they doing something for good, I mean, the art is very, very good as well. I would definitely go check out um, Release Twitter page to kind of look at some of the art. It is really, really cool. And the artists, since the artists aren't keeping any of the money, it shows that they truly believe in the project and they truly want to help people. It's not just an easy um, uh, cash grab, you could say. 
So this is a really heartfelt episode to or heartfelt kind of news story to end the podcast on. Hopefully this kind of uh, kind of warms your heart up a little bit that people are doing good in the NFT space with all the news about rug pulls and everything. It just kind of makes you makes you think makes you think there there are good people in the world. There are people that actually want to help people, and there are people that want to see the world become a better place. So obviously, if you all enjoyed this episode today, I would love for you all to share it with your friends if you enjoyed it. Maybe they um, need kind of an uplifting story for the NFT space to make them feel, make themselves feel a little better. And also, if you did enjoy this podcast, I would love for you to give it five stars on Spotify. It really helps us grow since we are a very, very, very small podcast here. By giving us five stars, it lets Spotify know that people enjoy our content and they want to see more. Also, if you have to, uh, if you want to ask us any questions or maybe you have a potential podcast or episode topic, feel free to uh, DM us on any of our social medias. It's going to be at NFT underscore nation underscore podcast. That is on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Feel free to contact us on any of those. We are always open or our DMs are always open and we are always scrolling through our DMs. Um, I just want to wish you all a good day. Hopefully, um, you're listening to this early in the morning when it drops and have a, have a great rest of your day. See you guys.